Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Particulates Blog Talk Radio, where today is Tuesday, and on Tuesday, this is when we or when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch, where you'll receive biblical teaching from individuals that are have the, or have the biblical knowledge, and myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist. You have to excuse me today because for some reason I'm feeling a little discombobulated. I don't know if it's because my grandson is mad at me for leaving him this morning or it's because I've been up all night binge-watching Netflix. So that goes into what the show is about today as we're going to be talking about godly wisdom. So I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for waking me up this morning, even though a car alarm did in addition to my Heavenly Father. But thank you for letting me see another day. Now, my question is, when it comes to godly wisdom versus knowledge, do you know the difference? Because with all that's going on in the world, many of us rely on information that we receive either from others or things that people have told us. Some individuals trust and believe in their street smarts, their gut feelings, their common sense. And sometimes they're just all personal knowledge or things that they learned in school through their education. But my question is, what about godly wisdom? And what does the Bible say about godly wisdom? Now, today's show is designed to provide information as it relates to godly wisdom. Because with all, like I said, with the stuff that's been going on with the coronavirus, We've been hearing a lot of things about use wisdom, utilize your common sense, utilize your God-given common sense. But a lot of individuals still don't know exactly what that means. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today so that we can have an open discussion in regards to where do we obtain that knowledge. Now, many of us that are believers, we do read the Bible or we go to Sunday school, we go to church, even though we can't go to church now, but many individuals are doing church via online or through Zoom or, you know, the different ways that we're doing it in regards to the way we're having our fellowship. But by that same token, it doesn't mean that individuals are not biblically sound-minded when it comes to things. Now, as we were, as I'm just reading this, I'm not reading it, but I got a thing on my computer, and it said, Breaking U.S. top 1 million virus cases. Americans count for nearly one-third of the world's confirmed cases, with the U.S. death toll nearing the total. Now, it's sad because we know that there's things written in the Bible. We know, you know, um, when we talk about revelations or we recite things and verses, but a lot of times we get so caught up and we think we know everything, but some things, it's not really meant for us to know, and some individuals have wisdom that is far beyond their means. Now, I'm waiting on some of the individuals that said they were going to join me today to call in, and I haven't heard from anyone, and you guys know I don't like talking to myself in circles because I am literally exhausted. So I'm going to share some information, and it indicates what is wisdom, a biblical definition of wisdom. And when we say a biblical definition, because we know in regards to how the world view wisdom in, in most cases, 
But the Bible teaches us that wisdom comes from above, but it begins with the fear of the Lord. So here is the biblical definition of wisdom in hopes you might gain some insight when we talk about true wisdom. Now, true wisdom, how do we even know that it's true? A lot of times that's the type of wisdom that came from our parents, our grandparents, and I tell individuals all the time, I love talking to seniors because they have a whole lot of knowledge. Now, someone just called in. Let me log them on. Good morning, Miss Thea. How are you doing? Good. How are you this morning, Miss Jeanette? I am well. You know, I'm tired because I finally got a chance to catch up on that movie that I've been trying to watch on Netflix. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like real sleepy right about now. And I ditched Ryder this morning because he was sleeping <laughs> and he woke up at a fit and FaceTimed me. So he is really angry with me for leaving him and was reminding <laughs> me of everything I said last night. Granny, you said you would go take me with you. Granny, you said I could go. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> we talked about wisdom. He got the memory of something. I'm just like, yeah. oh, my God. Look like Ryder will be um, coming to Oceanside because Ryder is determined to get to Oceanside before he even <laughs> catch a book. <laughs> so. So we're going to get back to the show, and we're talking about godly wisdom. And I was talking about true wisdom. And like I said, a lot of that can be can come from our parents, our grandparents, and they found out that wisdom of mankind is foolish to God. But godly wisdom is above all the wisdom of this world. Now, Thea, what right. is your when it comes to godly wisdom? Um. For me, I feel like okay, and I'm. A, I think this comes from the Bible. I feel like it's to be. It's the fear. It's the fear of the Lord, because for me, like if I fear the Lord, wisdom just kind of comes with that. Because if I'm, if if God is who I fear, then I want to live according to how He has designed me and what He has created me to be. And that means I'm going to be more caring. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more loving. If someone asks me to do it and I got nothing else to do, then yes, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to um, try and align my mind with his word because, to me, I think it says something in the Bible to the effect that wisdom is, um, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. that, I know it's where I get my strength and my hope. You know, like today was a hard day for me. I didn't even I didn't even uh, really lift my head up off the pillow till like 1030. But then I had to get up and, and go straight to my Bible prayer and meditate because, you know, today is the anniversary and my mother took her last breath, and um, mm-hmm. I got my strength right there in the Bible. And right there, I mean, I trust in God. That's wisdom to me is I trust in him because I did one of those. I'm going to just flip to the first page I come to, and it was exactly what I needed to hear, and I know that that was him directing me. And so, I mean, to me, that's wisdom. It's just trying to um, fear the Lord, which keeps me obedient to him. Wow. And, you know, and I always tell individuals when it's the anniversary of someone's passing is to acknowledge it and celebrate. You know, have some good memories. You know, it's it's crazy. I was in Compton last night, and, you know, I've been avoiding going to Compton until writers summons me to come. And <laughs> 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, somebody's car alarm was going off. And I pulled my car in the driveway because, you know, they've been – 
breaking into people's cars. And yeah. so I was like, you know what? If they break my Mercedes window, we're going to have some problems. So I heard that <laughs> alarm go off. You should have saw me up and out. Go, I'm running around like I'm ready to go fight and run. Go, I'm ready to go catch a crackhead. <laughs> my, daughter, my daughter ran into me outside. She came to the door like, Mom, what you doing? I was like, I heard somebody's car alarm going off, and I'm just making sure it wasn't mine. Oh, I was so mad. <laughs> so when we talk about wisdom, my knowledge and understanding and intellect is just gone because I was determined. And then my daughter had me cracking up. She said, okay, Mom, this is what we go do. If we see him riding down on his bicycle, we're going to take a stick and put it in the spoke of his bike, and he's going to flip off the bike. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> now, 20 years ago, I wouldn't respond like that. So I guess now i got to resort to putting spokes, I mean, um, sticks in people's tires. I mean, they, they tire to make them flip. But no, but somebody is really <laughs> going around and busting people's windows out, breaking in their cars. So, yeah, oh that's, God, that's, that's bad. Yeah. That's one of the oldest things, though. I mean, that's like one of the oldest hustles is going around breaking in people's cars to get what you can get out of there to steal. Well, I pulled my car all the way up on the grass. I mean, I was all up in the yard. So I could say they came on my property, Mr. Law. I'm not, uh-uh, I'm not playing. I am so not playing. Now, getting back to what we're talking about in regards to um, godly wisdom, and the Lord's word plainly tell us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Who despise wisdom and instruction? Because a lot of times we will tell people and they'll say, thus says the Lord, or, you know, or they'll read it for themselves, but they just refuse uh-huh. to do what they're supposed to do. In Proverbs 1, 7, there's a starting point in finding godly wisdom, and it's the fear of the Lord for the Christ follower. And it isn't the fear of being struck dead or the fear of hell, but because that's a lot of times the way people think, well, God go get you, God go. No, that's not going to give nobody or make them do the right thing or implement wisdom if you start threatening them. And it even goes into having a high regard for God and his word. Where there's mm-hmm. deep reverence for God and his word, you'll find wisdom. But if you still lack wisdom after all that you've heard and read, then what does, in the Bible, James tell us that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously mm-hmm. and to all without reproach, and it will be given to him, and that's in James one five. And that's interesting because sometimes we'll say, I need a word from the Lord, or I need some wisdom, I need some guidance. Lord, please show me, please tell me. And so that is just what they what they define as what we talk about as true wisdom. Any comments in regards to that, Thea? I agree 100% because that's kind of what I was saying, um, you know, because for me that is wisdom. I've, I've lived a foolish life, and I know that there was no, no wisdom there. But today, my life is like, um, before I make a move, like, I know enough that if I didn't get up, I was going to sink into a depression, but I didn't want that. And so where I turned to, I turned to my Bible because I trust in God because I know he is all wise. And so that just makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about godly wisdom, and I'm getting this from where it talks about um, 
this um, pathold.com, and they define godly wisdom as the Bible shows us that they've learned from experience, and that is wisdom is with the aged and understanding the length of days. With God's wisdom and might, he has counsel and understanding. And it goes right. to Job 12, verse, chapter 12, verse 12 to 13, and it says, for me, wisdom came from making some very foolish decisions, which is kind of where you was going before. However, the mistakes they made, they learned from them. And in their Christian life, yeah. they didn't understand godly wisdom from above all is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, open to reasons, and full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So that means we, we will make some mistakes when we start talking about, you know, having worldly knowledge, worldly knowledge versus godly wisdom. But God is a forgiving God. And godly yes. wisdom seems foolish to the world. You know, because in reality, the wisdom of man is foolish to God. And that's interesting because we see people do some things, we hear people do some things, we're like, dang, where did they get that from? Oh, what the heck were they thinking? Now, we have another caller calling in. Let me log them on. Good morning. Hello, Hello, how are you doing? I'm glad somebody is on the line that can talk about this much better than I can. So, tell the listeners who you are. Oh, I'm Reverend uh, Michael Johnson from uh, Greater True Friendship Missionary Baptist Church in Los Angeles. Okay. Now, I have a question, Mr. Michael. When we talk about godly wisdom, how would you define godly wisdom? Ah. Okay, I would say that godly wisdom, as the scripture says, having fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we look at uh, when we look at the word wisdom itself, uh, first of all, we can look at what it's not for a lot of people. In First Corinthians three nineteen, it says, "For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written." Mm-hmm. Catches the wise in their own craftiness. That verse twenty it says that again the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, and they are futile uh, mm-hmm. of the Lord. Mm-hmm. When we look at the word uh, wisdom, uh, when I used to teach uh, classes, uh, when I was working for you, I used to have a little formula I would share with the uh, class that asked them what that means. And our life experience plus knowledge equals wisdom. And so uh, a gaining of uh, experience and and what you deal with in life, it should give you wisdom. Wisdom keeps you from making the same mistake over and over again because you learn from your mistake. So when we Mm -hmm. talk about godly wisdom, we are totally dependent. We are totally uh, acknowledging that God knows more than we do. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the uh, thing is, my thing, like we always kind of challenge that. And it, and it indicates blessed is one, is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain for 
her is better than gain from silver, and a profit better than gold. And that's in Proverbs 3, verses 13 to 14. Now, I have a question. Why is they considering this a her where most of the time you see it's either he or is non-gender specific? What is that about? When they call well, it usually when her. you see, uh, usually when you see the term, what they say, she, uh, she will always compliment the he. So mm-hmm. what comes along with your relationship with God, everything is a lot of it's one of that. Just like if you look at the word uh, faith, well, faith and truth, there's a lot of this one of You can't have faith without truth, and you can't have truth without faith. It, uh, mm-hmm. So it's a added to what God is telling us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, also, when we talk about godly wisdom, we ain't even talked about just the knowledge and worldly wisdom. But when we talk about that also, with the wisdom comes wise behavior. And even in Paul, it tells us in Ephesians 5, 17, look carefully then how you walk, not as wise, but as wise making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Since the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but wise men listen to advice. Mike, we're seeing so much stuff in the world going on, and people are just literally losing their minds. But when we start talking about the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, so people start believing in what they say it, that they know what the heck they're talking about. Any comments well, that? Yeah, uh, well, while you were talking, it came to mind. There's been more than a few ministers mm-hmm. that have to the stay home order. Uh, they said, well, God is telling me to do this and to do that. And now they are both deceased from the coronavirus <laughs> because they went their mm-hmm. own way. You know, when, when uh, you look at the word uh, fear of the Lord, I, I have to go back and look at what it means in Hebrew. It's uh the Hadad, uh, which means having reverence for the Lord, is a fountain of life. Having respect, having supreme uh, uh, submission to the Lord is a fountain of life for you. That you may Mm -hmm. avoid the snares of death. Recognizes his supreme authority and power over every aspect of our life. So there's no way in the world that God is going to tell this man to defy a stay home in order, and you go have church services anyway, and then you end up dead because of the virus. That was not God that told him to do that. That was him operating his self-will in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Mike, a lot of people, that's been happening, and I was looking, I think with Florida, some pastors were cited, and they were just determined to do whatever they wanted to do. And then the individuals and the members in the congregation, it's like, you know, they're thinking, okay, well, we want to support our pastor. We want to, because they weren't used to the change, and they really thought that that was God. That was not God, like you said. And then so many people are dying. That makes absolutely no sense. Now, well, I think also, about this pastor down in uh, Louisiana. He mm-hmm. defied the stay out of the water. 
He decided to have church service. That's the one who got arrested. So they they let him bail out. They put an ankle monitor on him, told him to stay at home. You know this past Sunday that he showed up to church, ankle monitor and all, and had no rest to live up his pants naked to show it. What type of example are you giving others of having a relationship with God in? That's true. But you do stuff like that. That is true. And, you know, I'm looking at something, Mike, from the information that I that I have right here, and it even goes into, because sometimes individuals will give false information and utilize it as if it's or say as if they know what they're talking about and they don't, and indicates whoever restrained his word has knowledge, and he who has cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. And in Proverbs 17, verses 27 28, it indicates, that, and it says that I would rather be silent on one thing than speak and reveal my ignorance publicly. I'm like, wow. And, you know, and that's true, though, Mike, because a lot of times individuals would just say something and say something. You know, and I remember you used to always get on me with my big mouth and be like, you're giving all the information. Thank you very much. <laughs> I so yep. I like I want to talk. I'm gonna tell them I know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna show them. I'm a you was like, oh, thank you very much. But you know, and it's it's very important to know the difference between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. Let's talk a little bit about worldly wisdom. Thea, what what do you want to say about worldly wisdom? The wisdom that the world teach you, where you know what you know because you know. Well, I think once again, 1 Corinthians 3.19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Mm-hmm. You know, the world, you know, you have worldly wisdom, but it's only limited in its aspect of what's mm-hmm. going on. You know, there's a scripture in, in the Bible, uh, I forget where it is right now, but it says that God starts from the end and works his way forward. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, what, what, what's your favorite movie? I, my, one of my favorite movies was Boomerang. I don't know why that always kept popping my head. I like Boomerang. I like Love. Okay. Well, how many times would you say you have seen that movie? Oh, gosh. I can't even think off the top of my head, but I would say probably about Mul- 10. Multiple times, right? Yes. Okay. You know the beginning, the middle, and the ending. Mm-hmm. And there's some lines that you might even be able to quote. Of that movement. Now, when God, when the scripture says that God starts from the end and works its way forward, don't you think He already knows where we're going, what we're going to do, how we're going to react? So, when mm-hmm. we submit our will to His will, He says our steps are ordered of the Lord. There's a reason that our steps are ordered. So, we can follow the path that He lays out for us. But when we operate in self will, we want to go our own way, that's where we find ourselves getting in trouble. Because we know mm-hmm. that the deep not for the steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what he wants us dead. He wants us gone. Mm-hmm. He does not want us to fulfill our mission that God has called us for. In the Bible, even go further and say, test every spirit. Test mm-hmm. it to see if the love of truth is just from God. Before <laughs> Jesus left, he said, what? I'm going to leave you a comforter who's going to guide yep. us into what? All truth and all understanding. 
So every day that I wake up, I submit my will to God's will. When you go back and you look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Now, Thea, what was you about to say about uh, worldly wisdom? I was going to say, kind of like um, what I was saying earlier, you know, when we're in worldly wisdom, we're in what we want to do because it feels right, it feels good, and we get pleasure out of it. It's not trying to align our will with the Lord's. You know, just like he was mentioned earlier about the pastor that uh, went ahead and had church services, now he's dead. In Romans 13, 1, I have a new um, New Living uh, Translation Bible. It says, everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in uh-huh. positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. See, and, and just mm-hmm. like I think, like, I, I kind of got upset when my pastor... I was like, okay, so he teaching people to fear, and then I had to remember that. But wait a minute, okay, he's saying we got to respect the um, health officials, and I had to remember Romans 13 does say to respect governing officials because we don't know what God, we don't know how God works in each individual's life, how He inspires them, what He instructs them to do. But if we if we just go by His word, it comes back to aligning my thoughts with what the Word of God says. And if I align my thoughts to Romans 13, where it says to respect governing officials, then I just have to, I have to know that God is all-powerful, God is all-knowing, God is all-wise, then he's instructing those officials to do what he needs them to do in a time of crisis. And if our pastor says that we got to respect the health officials, then i got to respect the health officials. It's not about being afraid of no virus because Psalm 91 tells me it's not going to touch me. It's about respecting others because that's what the Lord's word says to do. Mm-hmm. That's now, right. Make- you remember what I Jesus make- said, render to Caesar what's under Caesar? Mm-hmm. You know, let mankind do what is done. And, 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 you know, you render what God, what is due to God. And there's no way in the world that God told that minister to do what he did. And mm-hmm. so he suffered the consequences of it. You know, it says that the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto my path. And when we walk away from the wheel and do it on our own, we are stumbling in the dark. Yeah. And sometimes you ever walk in the dark, stub your toe, ooh, that hurts. <laughs> I chip on my toy. <laughs> yeah. I want to get. I want to share some information that's coming from RelevantMagazine.com, and it indicates that worldly wisdom and godly wisdom are anti-theical and adversal. adversal. Worldly wisdom self-promotes. So that's one thing. When you're talking about wisdom that you think you know from the world, it self-promotes. Godly wisdom elevates others. Worldly wisdom seeks the highest place, and godly wisdom the lowest place. Worldly wisdom avoids mirrors of the world. Where godly wisdom submits to the mirror of the world, worldly wisdom trusts earthly possessions, and godly wisdom trusts the treasures in heaven. Worldly wisdom both, and godly wisdom is slow to speak. And I like that when it talks about slow to speak because if you think about 
a lot of the mothers in the church and a lot of the elders in the church, they are very slow to speak. But in most cases, they know what they're talking about. Now, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to let you take over on this mic. Worldly wisdom says trials will crush you, but godly wisdom says trials will mature you. And what we're going through now, when they say it's only a test, it is a test. And individuals have been through this before. So, Mike, what do you and what can you share with the listeners as just some of the things are just adding or piggyback on some of the information that I read coming from relevantmagazine.com as it talks about the difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom? Well, you know, the Apostle Paul tells us not to put any confidence in our flesh. Mm-hmm. Do not put confidence in the flesh. And uh, I spoke about this years ago when Isaac was supposed to give the blessings to Esau, but Jacob came and uh, stole it from him. And mm-hmm. when you look at the interaction of what happened between the two, Isaac, who was a man of God, a man of faith, his eyes betrayed him. His mm-hmm. nose betrayed him. His sense of smell betrayed him. His sense of taste betrayed him. His sense of feel betrayed him mm-hmm. because he was going by the flesh, and that's enabled Jacob to steal the blessing. So when Paul tells us not to put any confidence in the flesh, he says, in the flesh there is no good thing. And it's just mm-hmm. like uh, the sister was saying, and just like you have been saying, you said uh, it, it is self-promoting. It's puffed up. It lifts mm-hmm. up. But when you are truly a man or a woman of God, it says the church is for the edifying of one another, which means mm-hmm. I lift you up and I edify you above me, but simultaneously you're doing the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to add to that, Thea? Okay. All right. I want to share some information, and it talks about eight ways to know if you have godly wisdom. Because as we live and as we mature, you know, when we're talking about wisdom and things, that's something that money cannot buy. And even though individuals always talk about how they want to have money and how they wish they had this and how they wish they had that, you know, sometimes you can't just buy that wisdom because the older people get, the more they learn to value wisdom. Now, when we start talking about parenting kids, we talk about kids think they know everything, it was interesting because when, um, you know, people have been talking about their stimulus check, and I was telling Tisha, you know, it's going to be a price to pay for that. And when you file your income taxes next year, the first thing they're going to want to know is how much money you got from your stimulus, and you want to report that as income. My daughter told me yesterday and was reading to me a letter that she got from the president that the president made sure those that didn't get just a paper check, he made sure that they got a letter to know where that money came from. I started laughing because then she was reading the letter. She couldn't even finish reading it because she started choking and gagging and everything else. Now, why would he Where did, he, where did he say the money came from? He put his name on there. He put how, how much he was doing for the country. I mean, it was a long letter. I meant to bring it so that I could, you know, talk about it. Who do that? Who do that? 
In other words, well, last time I checked, that's, that was our money. Isn't it? Isn't it man, man, that we get taxpayer dollars? Did we get that? He said, let us out. For those that do not have, that the money went into their direct deposit, he sent a letter to their house. <laughs> now, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I ain't never seen no mess like that before. Now, eight ways to know if you have godly wisdom. Like I said, these are some of the things that they indicate. And one of them is pure. True wisdom lines up with what the Bible says. It doesn't have any sinful thinking mix, and it's faithful, and the truth is found in God's word. It's also peaceful. True wisdom isn't contentious or angry, and we learned that as you read the Bible with James chapter 3, 14 and 15. Those are characteristics of earthly wisdom, and instead of godly wisdom is willing to sacrifice not the truth, but our own preference and strong opinions. Because a lot of times we hear people's opinion, and it's not coming from the, uh, in the Word of God or in the Bible. It's also gentle. Now, when we talk about gentle, does the wisdom we believe have manifest itself in kindness? Godly wisdom is calm and rational. It would say that it always has the best interest for others is at the core. It's also approachable. Now, we talk about approachable. True wisdom isn't stubborn or unyielding. Rather, it is characterized by meekness and patience. It's merciful. It is fruitful, impartial, and sincere, meaning, this seems like the simple one to grasp and talk about it being sincere, but there's no place in wisdom for hypocrisy. Rather, it should be transparent without a hidden motive or agenda, and it's not deceitful. Meaning, if you have godly wisdom, you're not trying to deceit no one. You're not trying to trick no one. You're not trying to betray anyone. And God is the author of all wisdom, and if we want that wisdom, we need to hear from him. And in Proverbs 9, 10, ask him for wisdom. And in James 1, 5, it says, and believe that he will give it to us. Because a lot of times, my people want to know, how do you know that? Or where did you get that from? You can go and you can ask, too. Anything you want to add to that, Mike? Well, while you were talking, and you were talking about wisdom, at the beginning of my conversation, I said a lot of these things are all encompassing of what God was trying to show us, and I was thinking over in uh, Galatians uh, 5th chapter, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm quite mm-hmm. sure a lot of readers uh, are familiar with that, and it reads, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, mm-hmm. peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such mm-hmm. there is no law. Verse 24 reads that those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And Mm -hmm. so if we are walking in the Spirit, which is an attribute of Almighty God, it says we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh Mm -hmm. is, is selfish in nature. 
uh, as you said again, it's self-promoting. It wants what it's want. I, I usually tell people like this. The flesh operates on the pleasure principle. Mm-hmm. Whatever feels good, that's what the flesh wants to do. I was thinking about, remember Woody Allen when it came to Songi and all that, that bad yeah. world and the girl that he adopted? He said, well, the heart wants what the heart wants. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people still have that as a mantra today. I want what I want when I want it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a, a, a generation that's growing up. They're self-promoting. They're self-centered. Mm-hmm. They're selfish in nature. They want what they want. They have a sense of entitlement. Me and you have talked about that before, mm-hmm. where everybody <laughs> in the family think that your dad is just a uh, a, a barrel full of dollars. I want, I want, I want. <laughs> Ooh, don't remind me. We don't want to work for anything. You know, uh, the Bible clearly tells us to study to show ourselves approved. Mm-hmm. It's fine listening to the pastor, but, you know, uh, right now it says that a lot of deceiving spirits has gone out throughout the world, and even the very elect is going to be deceived. How are we going mm-hmm. to keep from being deceived? We have to know that word for ourselves. When you mm-hmm. talk to uh, the guys or, or, or the girls who are behind those mirrors at, at malls and at shopping centers, the way that they spot a shoplifter is they know what a real shop uh, a shopper looks like. So when mm-hmm. somebody's coming in there to bruise clothes, uh, to steal something, they recognize it because their behavior is not the same. People who handle a lot of money, when somebody hands them a counterfeit bill, it doesn't feel the same as real money mm-hmm. because they know what the original is. When we know what God's word is saying, when somebody comes along and tries to tell us something different, you know, our radar uh, automatically uh, alerts us, something's wrong, something's wrong. I know mm-hmm. it's kind of corny, but I used to watch uh, that show, Lost in Space. Remember that show? Yeah. And that robot, danger, real whopper, say danger, danger, you know. Mm-hmm. We have an early warning system, and that is the Holy Spirit that keeps mm-hmm. us falling into traps and the snares of the devil. Okay, look like Lady T is joining us. Let me log her on. See, I'm sorry to remember our people's last two numbers. Good morning, Lady T. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am well. And what would you like to add to the show as we're talking about godly wisdom? Because every time I think of wisdom, <laughs> I always think of your husband he, and your your daddy would say, use wisdom. Just use wisdom. <laughs> Now, we ain't talking about Tammy wisdom. We're talking about godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. Well, we know uh, God's wisdom is way beyond our wisdom, and we want to pray for, you know, the wisdom of God. Of course, we'll never be above him or even close to him, but when he speaks to us, we can listen and we can use the wisdom that he has given us. And we can mm-hmm. read, and um, you know, we can read and and know about the wisdom of God and know how to apply certain things. You just have to, I mean, when it comes to wisdom, you want to have wisdom in all things because you don't want to go anything, go into anything blinded. So, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm just telling you, the wisdom of wisdom of God is so powerful, 
and uh, we know that I, I'm, uh, I don't even know how to explain it because some you know how you've been through some things and mm-hmm. then something will just kick in and you'll be like oh my god and you know it's God the Holy Spirit speaking to you you know it's God you know speaking through you and you just like immediately you know what to do and know what to say because you just use wisdom Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh my God, that that was just that was just God. God just thought that was the wisdom of God. So when we say use the wisdom of God, that's what I believe it is. Like when He speaks to you and you follow through on what He's saying instead of going along with what you were doing, because we might have mm-hmm. we might be like, oh, I'm I'm about to do this, and then once you get there, the Holy Spirit will speak to you like, don't do that. Yeah, you know, that's true. don't don't do that. That's mm-hmm. not wise to do that. And I like the way you guys are putting it, especially when you talk about godly wisdom, because, you know, like I believe uh, Mike said before, or he would see it, but God works through people. And when we try to, and we look at people that we think are wise, I have some information and I want to share it. It's coming from KathyHoward.org. And they look at it like this. They look at the characteristics of individuals. And this is based on James 3, chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. And they put together like these different characteristics. Uh-huh. And it talks about, one, that you look for, is that person humble? Meaning, wise individuals don't constantly brag, boast, or display prideful attitudes. The second one is good deeds. Wise people live in upright and moral life. Again, number three, gentle. Wise people treat others with care and respect. For considerate, wise people put the needs of others ahead of themselves whenever possible. Peace-loving, wise people don't foster division. Instead, they work to end strife and turmoil. Merciful, wise people demonstrate compassion, forgiveness, and kindness to others. Sincere, wise people are genuine, real, honest, not deceitful, um, hypocritical, or false, and impartial. Wise people are fair and just. They don't just show or be partial to others for their own benefit. And see, there are some wise people out there, and one person may not have all the characteristics, and you may not see all the characteristics at one time, but that's when you know, you know what, maybe I can kind of trust what this person is saying because they're living right and they're doing right. Anybody want to add or speak on some of those eight characteristics? Well, you just described what I just read over in Galatians, the fifth chapter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking at it, the book of Colossians where it talks about, let's see, where am I? Oh, Colossians. Third chapter. I look at the sixteenth verse, and then four, uh, five. In the sixteenth verse, it says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace mm-hmm. in your hearts to the Lord." Verse seventeen. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give it thanks mm-hmm. to God the Father through him. And then over the fourth chapter, the fifth verse, it says for us to walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming mm-hmm. the time, that your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how 
You ought to answer each one. And that is our commission. That is one of the things that we should be doing. It says walk towards the wisdom for the people who do not know the Lord. Be temperate in everything that we do. Show kindness and meekness that you might win a soul over to Christ Jesus because especially during these chaotic times, people Mm want to know, well, how how come you got in fear? Why are you believing the way you believe? What is the Mm -hmm. hope of your calling that you have? And that mm-hmm. gives you an opportunity and room enough to testify of the goodness of God. Correct. And you know, Mike, and I want to say that as I was reading and going over those eight characteristics, those are some of the characteristics that we want to see in our pastors and in leadership, but a lot of it is failing us because we don't see that anymore. You know, and it's no. making individuals don't trust, and they're going to God to try to gain wisdom because the leadership is failing us. And that's a problem. That is definitely a problem. And I want to share also in First Corinthians one um, twenty-five, and it says in twenty-five, for the foolish of God, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Meaning, sometimes we look and we watch this, we see some of the things that people do, and we're not we shouldn't judge them, but it's kind of difficult to follow someone if they don't know how to leave or if they're struggling with that. Any comments in regards to that? Well, before I uh, went back to my old church, I see a lot of that. I remember years back I preached a sermon called Satan in the Pulpit. It was not received very well because these ministers were not living the life that they should have a bunch of women on the side and stealing money and going out drinking and smoking, doing everything that the world does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the nature of our business. You know, I had a lot of different clientele, and uh, I would work with strippers and prostitutes and stuff. And you know, when they have those conventions like Shriner conventions and all those type of things, you know, these the, these uh, women of the night said the most money that they would make was at the Baptist Convention, at the religion. Mm-hmm. And that was a dark, dark shame to hear. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you know, supposedly men of God, they are, uh, are just a, a shell or misrepresenting what God mm-hmm. should be all about. They're, they're talking to talk, but they're not walking to walk. They are hypocrites. In nature. You know, yeah. Jesus talked about world to those. And these are very strong words that, that came from Christ, who's been leading mm-hmm. the flock, world to those who bring the people and have their stomach, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and I have no tolerance for a person who is a hypocrite that is misleading the flock. I remember, I'll share this with you right quick. I, I remember having a dream one time. And in my dream, I saw this minister in a coffin. Somehow I knew he was a minister. And when I turned around and looked at him again, he was still dead, but he was sitting up in a chair. And so the, the door opened up, and there was a great big light that just showed in the whole sanctuary. And a multitude mm-hmm. of women was followed, followed by this pastor. One by one by one. And the Lord told me these women were a testimony against him of how he lived his life. 
and I woke up and I was like, whoa. That was a pretty mm-hmm. heavy thing for me. You know, and the Lord told me some other things. But that's one thing that I've always said. I'm not perfect in any way, but one thing I always say every day, Lord, I do not want to be a hypocrite, and I do not want to hinder the ministry of which I'm working in. That is a dangerous mm-hmm. thing, too. You know, when you look at a lot of preachers in the 80s that was having women on the side and that, that, that whatever that, that Disneyland uh, thing they had down in North Carolina by the bakers, you know, and, and, and showing themselves of greed and all these type of things. That was not godly behavior. But look what they did for the kingdom of God. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that is our birth certificate. And then our mm-hmm. citizenship has moved from earth into heavenly places. Then he goes mm-hmm. around and says that we are ambassadors of Christ. An ambassador represents the country that he comes from. And a lot of times we still have worldly thinking when we should be having godly thinking. It says we're mm-hmm. in the world, but don't be of the world. And a lot of times we get caught up and we get pulled in to it. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about the humanity and all those things, that is everything that our president is not. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, uh, we talked about this uh, during the church service. A lot of people had to come and pray because I had to admit myself that I don't like Trump. I didn't want to pray for him. But the, but the Lord says obedience is better than sacrifice. So mm-hmm. I had to pray for him. He said pray for those who despitefully use you. And I'm yeah. Nothing in the Bible that he tells us to do is says it's going to be easy. He just tells, yep. tells us to trust him enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, and it's interesting, and I want to piggyback, Thea. It felt like you were about to say something. So what were you about to say, Thea? No, I wasn't going to say nothing. I'm just listening. Okay. Tammy, anything you want to add to what our, that Mike was saying, or you want to? I'm in on that conversation. Oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm listening. I, now, I'm when, we start talking and, about, when we talk about godly oh. wisdom, so some individuals may say, well, how do I attain godly wisdom? What am I to do? Now, there is wisdom from people, and there is also wisdom from God. And these are what they indicate as 10 biblical ways to be wise. Ask wisdom from God. And that one right there might Chapter, 
What remember the man that was uh, in front for thirty eight years and he tried to get into the pool and somebody would always jump in oh, there yeah. before he got in there. And he mad everybody keep jumping And in so when him. Jesus came upon it, do you think Jesus really didn't know what his condition was? And I like to put mm-hmm. it this way. Sometimes your answer has a question for you. Sometimes mm-hmm. your answer has a question for you for the point where you can acknowledge the condition mm-hmm. that you in. When God was walking through the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden, do you really think he didn't know where Adam and Eve was? Once again, <laughs> the answer had a question for them, so they acknowledge exactly where they're at. That is what we're supposed to do because God knows anyway. When you go over mm-hmm. in Hebrews 4.13, it says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are taken and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. God sees mm-hmm. it anyway. He's just waiting for us to acknowledge. Yeah. Paul said, God, I believe. Help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. So wherever yeah. we are, we might as well bring it to the Lord anyway because he already knows. So all mm-hmm. we need to do is ask. You know, Lord, I, I have fear. I have little faith. Help me, Father, because God will not violate our will. So unless we ask him to come and invade a situation in our life, he won't come because he cannot violate our will. And that's so all we have to do is ask. I know I went around the mulberry bush, but all we have to do is ask. That's true, because if you lack wisdom, let him know. You ask for it because it's given to all yeah. men and women liberally. And it shall be given. And that's also in James 1 and 5. And the first thing you can do to gain wisdom from God is to ask from him, ask it, ask it from him, and admit that you lack wisdom. Overcome your arrogance and admit that you have also been a folly. And see, we didn't even touch on being a folly. And also, and I talked about acting faithfully, but let him act in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and all. Another thing mm-hmm. he goes into is be a God-fearing person. So when you're trying to obtain godly wisdom, you have to be God-fearing. And see, he spoke on that a little bit, too. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all that they do in his commandment, his praise, endures forever. And that's in Psalms. 111 uh, verse 10. Also, be humble. You know, a lot of times people view humbleness as a sign of weakness, and it's not. Who Mm -hmm. is wise and understanding amongst you? Let him show it by their good life, by deeds and the beauty that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitterness, envy, and self-ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will discover, you find disorder in every evil practice. And that's in James chapter 3, 13 through 16. And be prudent, meaning with wisdom dwell with prudence, and if you find knowledge and discretion, discretion, and that's in Proverbs. And also, be peaceful and considerate. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, and easy to be and treated, full of mercy and good fruit. And that one I find to be very interesting. And also, read the Holy Scriptures and know the Word of God. 
Kemi, can you speak on that? Because you got to know the Lord better, and you got to know it for yourself. I can I can barely hear you, Jeanette. You okay? Let me see that. Okay. Well, one of the things that I was talking about. Can you hear me better? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot better. Okay, I was talking about in regards to reading the Holy Spirit and knowing the Word of God because a lot of individuals don't know how to read the Scriptures and know the Word of God and and knowing God for themselves. And also we talk about preaching practice the Word of God because let the Word of God, of Christ, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and abolishing, abolishing one another in psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs, because so sometimes even singing grace in your heart to the Lord can also mm-hmm. help individuals obtain godly wisdom. Because a lot of times individuals don't believe it, they don't find it to be true, they want to know how you know these things. Sometimes we get it confused with a discernment, when we're talking about godly wisdom, and then we want people to utilize their common sense. But, you know, it, it all piggybacks off of each other. So I wanted to know from you, Tammy, being a first lady, in regards to how do you guide someone to obtain, or if they come and say, how can I obtain godly wisdom, how would you instruct them? How can they obtain godly wisdom? Well, yeah, I would tell them to read, and I would tell them to um, to come to, like, a study, like a Bible study, because that that is, um, Bible study is very good, it's very helpful. When you go to Bible study and it's being taught, the the word is being taught, and um, for some people, it it you know they get interested and then they want to know more and it leads them to read more because they want to know more about God, they want to get closer to God. So um, mm-hmm. I would I, I would instruct them to go to Bible study and you know to read more when they have time to read. And if they don't understand, it's okay to ask someone to ask questions about what you don't understand and then. Um, or ask God, tell, ask God for an understanding. Ask God, mm-hmm. say, God, I want, I want to understand. Give me understanding. Just like um, uh, we just heard, if you want wisdom, you ask for it. But um, at first, you, yeah, when you reading, when I first started reading the word, a lot of it didn't make sense to me. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I don't know what, what. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what it's saying. I don't know what it means. But the closer I got to God, the the more I went to Bible study, the more I gained the relationship, and the more I read, you know, stuff. it was just popping off the page. Like, just the wisdom was just flowing. It was just going. I was like, wow, that's what that, oh, my God, that's what that is. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And um, that's how. And then it just, it just wanted me to read more and more and more and to know more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And whenever I was in a situation or I went through something, I went to my work, and I would open my Bible right to where I needed to be. And I would read, and I'd be like, ooh, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, so that's, that's all you really have to do. Um, and then we got to understand, if your ways please him, ask what you will of him. So if you... Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, so if, wow. if you want to know about him, read the word. He say he is the word, so read it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm looking, I'm trying to go on Facebook to see if anybody posed any questions or something like that. And then the first thing I popped, that popped up, it says leaders of North Carolina protest against stay-at-home order test positive for coronavirus. A leader of a Facebook group demanding that North Carolina allow business to be open amidst 
the COVID-19 pandemic has tested positive for coronavirus, but is still insisting that the governor, Roy, uh, let me see, and I'm going to stop. Da, 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 and it took me off of Facebook. Okay. And still insisting that, um, it's a still insisting, oh, God, what was that? Okay, that the governor, Roy, stay-at-home order be rescinded, stay-at-home violates her right to freedom of religion. Now, they still talking about that, but they testing positive. That's not wisdom. Not wisdom. Mike, can you give, say, a prayer or do something or to end this show as we talk about wisdom so that individuals can have some type of information? Okay. Uh, as the sister was talking about studying, uh, I was thinking over the second uh, Timothy 2.15, the Bible is the new King James Version, mm-hmm. where it says, "Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." Mm-hmm. In the King James, it says, "Study to show ourselves approved, approved to work with." Right. He's not in the words are a little bit different, but basically, he told us we need to study. And one thing I want to go about before I pray. Uh, to that, what you talked about, humility. Mm-hmm. Men, we men have a hard time with humbling ourselves mm-hmm. because we do look at it like weakness. That's why you see more women in the church than men. Mm-hmm. Because they think uh, a lot of them will, will try to justify they do what they do. Ah, oh, you, you need a crutch and, and uh, you weak minded and all that type of stuff. No, it really takes a man and a woman to put themselves to a true and living God. And so don't allow people's words to sway you just because they don't believe that's on them. And the thing about it, North Carolina, that you just read, there there, there was a leader of that protest out there. He actually died from the mm. COVID-19. I don't know if this is another one. But the news article I read this morning, early this morning, it said one of who was the leader of the protest has actually died from the virus. Wow. But anyway, uh, I'll close in prayer, and, and, and uh, I just enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed it with my two sisters that uh, were saying what they were saying, and we just need to stand firm in what we believe and what we walk in. And if people want to keep on doing what they're doing, then just get ready to go down the street to pick the house you want to go and live in because ain't nobody going to be here no more except us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Father God, we come before you in the mighty majestic name of Jesus. Father, we know that all wisdom and understanding flows from your throne. Father, we just want to thank you and praise you for another day and another opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Father, I ask that we continue to walk in the wisdom, that we shall walk in the ordinances of your word, but most of all, let us walk in love. Father, continue to guide our steps in everywhere that we go. I ask that you continue to bless my two sisters that's on the phone, and I ask that you bless the moderator of this session. Father, continue to guide us in all your way that we might prosper in your word. Father, continue to be our compass and our guide for all that we do, all that we say, representing the kingdom of living God. Now, Father, as we go to our separate places, Father, we ask that you continue to give us a word, give us a song, and continue to guide us in all our ways. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
Amen. Mm-hmm. And you guys be safe. And I want to thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And we'll gather again next week. Until then, have a great day, everybody. You too. Okay, you guys take care. God bless you all. Okay. Thank okay, you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.